Welcome back to the Water Cooler, Kyle V. Where we cover everything you need to know to not sound like an asshole at work. It's Thursday night. We just watched the Chicago Bears just fucking lay it down on the Commanders. Final score was what, 40 to 20? Yeah, very impressive showing by the monsters of the Meadowland, dude, just out there grinding tonight. We uh we gave some ill advice last week. Take the commanders minus six all the way to the bank. You texted me something today that was very poignant. You gotta be on your toes. You gotta stay water, be ready to adapt. The great dick butt kiss passed away today. You knew the bears had to come out. And they couldn't lose on a day like today. Yeah, it was so clear and obvious once I realized how strong they started. They weren't going to lose for a legend like that. And the man's name is Dick Butkus. He was an all-timer, just great player. There's no way they're going to come out and lay an egg after he passes away. It was so clear and obvious. And we, we you know, in our defense, we were right. But then something happened out of our control that made us wrong. So realistically, we're not that wrong. Half right. Yeah. Yeah, I feel it. This was a weird game. Like you stated, the Bears jumped out early. It was 27 to 3 at halftime, which at that point it was pretty much over. But the commanders did come back and, and get a little frisky in the third quarter. Ultimately didn't mean anything. Um, but a, a kind of a wild game. They definitely made it interesting. The main my main takeaway on that comeback effort they they were down so commanders got the ball first went and scored a touchdown got the two-point conversion made it 27 11 16 point game two possession game they're driving they get stopped they're faced with a fourth and three and they were about maybe the 15 yard line ended up being a super short field goal so 15 yard line somewhere in there and they they kicked the field goal Mm -hmm. to go down 13 and, it, and, you know, I, I sent it out in our group chat, but yeah, yeah, you know, let's kick the field goal on fourth and three to cut this two touchdown lead to a two touchdown lead makes no sense. Just go for it at that point. You, it, it doesn't help you that much to get that, those points. And if you don't get it, you're paying them deep and you're trusting your defense to get you the ball back. It's, it's, it makes no sense. I feel you. It's a lot of old heads in the NFL that they just can't do it, man. They just cannot like Go for it. It's it just like is out of the realm of possibilities. It's so weird to watch sometimes, but that's just the way it is. Yeah. Little little box score fun with this one. So Justin Fields had a pretty decent night. He only completed 15 passes, though, but for 282 yards. Now, where it gets real fun, out of those 282 yards, he threw the ball to six different receivers but he only completed passes to three of them. Tunyon had 10 yards. Cole Komet had 42, so two tight ends. And then the only receiver to catch a pass all night was DJ Moore, who had eight catches for 230 of the 282 yards and three tutters. (laughs) It was basically just fields to DJ Moore. That's all they did. Ridiculous stat line. Just beautiful stat line. Um, yeah, Moore just really put the team on his back tonight. Showed them that it was worthy of trading for him in the process of them of the Panthers trading up to the Bears pick last last draft. And just, you know, just a really, really great game for him and really cementing himself as like a true wide receiver one and hopefully showing the Bears, you know, play callers that, hey, let's try to get this guy the ball a lot more. Yeah, you can force it a little bit to him, you know. He's head and shoulders above anyone else they have. You kind of got to make plays for that guy, you know. No doubt. Then on the other side of the ball, Sam Howell actually looked kind of decent tonight. He threw for 388 yards. Um, They had a couple turnovers, but I, I don't know. I don't think they did anything really on offense that cost them the ball. They just couldn't stop the Bears to start the game, got behind early, and it just kind of got away from them. Yeah, he struggled early for sure. He he kind of 
I wouldn't say took him out of it because obviously they had chances later, but he he was definitely part of the problem that put him in the hole early. Um, I don't think he's the answer long term, but he's definitely serviceable and they have a good defense. But that's a bad loss at home on a short week. Should really come out and handle business against a 0-4 team. Um, and they didn't do it. And, you know, not to not to relate everything back to my Eagles, but it does concern me a little bit that the Eagles made Washington look pretty good last week. Um, they pulled out the victory still, but then this week they just got shit pumped. Um, so that's definitely kind of concerning. But also, you know, they kind of typically play the Eagles well, so it's not super concerning. But yeah, Howell Howell's decent, but he's he's not he's not someone that's going to take you over the top. He's someone that could maybe, if everything's perfect around him, maybe get you uh, to a deep playoff run. But when he has to do more than that, it's it's just not going to work. Yeah, he's not that guy for sure. And and in that NFC East, I don't even know where you go from here if you're the commanders because you're just not even close to being good enough to compete with the Eagles and the Cowboys. And Sam Howell is not on a Jalen Hurts level, not even close. And you really, you don't have like a lot that does compare with those two teams. They both have solid defenses. The The commander's defense was pretty decent going into this, but they just got ran over by that Bears offense who who hasn't done a lot of running over anybody. So it'll be yeah. interesting to see what they do. It could be the end of the line for Rivera after this year probably. Yeah, I think I think the succession plan is in place for BNME to take over. Mm-hmm. I could see that. Let's move it on to the first game of the weekend. We'll do a little preview of all the games over the weekend. You know where we're heading. Across the pond, in it? Back to fucking London, where I think the Jacksonville Jaguars have permanently relocated, it feels like, because they are there for the second straight week as the road team <laughs> against the Buffalo Bills. The Bills are minus five and a half. We got an over-under of 48 and a half talk to me yeah so they're technically on the road because Wembley Stadium's their home stadium they're playing at Tottenham Hot Hotspur Stadium so that's the that's the difference there oh, but thank you I, th- I think essentially you know Jacksonville is a retirement type community they're just bouncing back and forth between London London and and, and Florida and it you know just out there living <laughs> life um but yeah, I really, really like the Bills at the line that is current right now of minus five and a half. That's just them covering by a touchdown. I, I could see this game being close, um, but if Buffalo gets a touchdown late, you know, that's covering. It, it, that five and a half is crucial in deciding on what side you're going to bet in something like this. Um, and I think the Bulls, the Bills come out and handle business. Yeah, I could see it being close-ish as well. But when I think of it being close, it's like a 10-point game. Now, if you're gambling and not just picking winners, that's where it gets a little scary because Bills are comfortably up 10. Jags go down and score a meaningless touchdown with 30 seconds left, right? Well, now you're not covering anymore. So that's where it can get a little sketchy. Um, But I think, like you said, one touchdown, that's one possession. The Bills are one possession better than this Jaguars team. So I'm going to I'm going to hammer them. Stay tuned for the end. I'm putting them in the parlay. We're getting it. Love that. Love that. Also, a little quick note, the over under is up to 48 and a half, but overs are 5 and 1 in this stadium. So maybe something to sprinkle on there too. It's a lot of points. Yeah. Two good offenses though. I'll give you that. Would be nice to see the Jags offense bounce back and and do what everyone kind of predicted they would before the season started. Next up, we're going to the ATL. We got the Houston Texans who are hot as fire right now going to Atlanta against the Falcons. Falcons are minus two, and the over-under is 41 and a half, kind of a low one. This is one where I think it's just a tough one to predict, but it's another friendly line. That minus two is really friendly. Falcons are at home. Their past defense has been pretty good. I think they can make things difficult for Stroud. And I like the Falcons in the spot just because I could easily see this being a, you know, 20 to 17 type game, like pretty low scoring, 
But if the Falcons just win by a field goal, they cover. And I, I think they handle that because, like I said, their pass defense has been pretty good. Stroud's looked great. We, you know, we were thinking he might throw his first pick last week against the Steelers, but he looked looked great. But to me, that was more of a more of a showing, a lack of a showing, I should say, from the Steelers offense and just never being in that thing because of the offense and it kind of getting away from from the Steelers. I really like the Falcons to cover that. Um, but yeah, you know, you can't count out the Texans. They've burned me the last two weeks, but I'm at the point where I can't join their side now because if I join their side, I feel like they'll burn me that way. So I got to keep fading. Got to keep fading them. I feel that ideology to my core, to my bones. <laughs> but I disagree with you here. I would take the Texans to win. Uh, it's it's probably not a game I would bet because it's two teams that are just like kind of, what are we doing here? But the Texans are so hot, and the Falcons try and play good defense, run the ball, similar to the Pittsburgh Steelers. They don't have a quarterback that they really trust, as it seems. Steelers couldn't do shit against this Texans defense, and their great defense got burned by C.J. Stroud. I mean, he lit it up. They got those wide receivers that can get deep down the field, uh, they really stretched the field, and they got a good running back. I don't see how the Falcons win this. Now I'm talking myself into betting. I said I didn't want to bet it. Now I kind of love it. I might That's need to alone. I feel I feel a head to head beer bet coming on this one. I think the Falcons. I think the Fal- are we going straight up or do I do? I, am I giving you the two? Well, you got to give me the two. What are you a degenerate? Well, you just said that you kind of you don't see a way the Falcons <laughs> can win it. I got two points. I'll, I'll give you the you two. Beer. Whatever, I bet whatever. you a beer that the Texans win. Whatever, dude. I'll give. I'll. I'll. Yeah. Okay. Do you want the two two? Because I'll give it to you. No, I don't want the two two. Just give me the win, baby. All right. Straight up. Okay, moving on. We got the Carolina Panthers at zero and four, going to Detroit to face the Lions. This is a big one. The Lions are minus 10 with an over-under of 45. I know that line is high, but, man, the Panthers haven't looked good. I think this is a spot. The Lions are coming off of playing last Thursday, a big game at Lambeau. They're coming back home, 10 days of rest. I think they win by at least two touchdowns. So I, I, you know, I think this is a good spot for the Lions to cover that. This could be a 31-10 type game. Easy. I, I really do like the Lions to cover as high as that line is. Um, I know I just said 31-10, but I also kind of like the over of 45 because I could see the Lions getting to 35 and the Panthers scoring a late touchdown, you know, something like that. So yeah, I, I think I think the Lions definitely cover this. I could definitely see the Lions covering that. The only thing that would concern me is uh, they say, play a similar type as the Falcons and Texans where Dan Campbell has them want to play good defense and run the shit out of the ball. David Montgomery coming off that like three-touchdown game or whatever he has. He's running like a madman, but they just like to keep it between the tackles. I mean, they've got all these studs on offense that – Similar to the Falcons, they they don't seem to unleash them. Unsimilar, though, they're an actual good team. So they're probably just saving them, taking their time, getting those guys acclimated. But I could definitely see them up, you know, like a 27 to 10 and just running, 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 running. And the Panthers aren't going to be able to stop it. So they're just going to milk the clock at the end of the game, I think. So that's where you would get kind of concerned about that over, mm-hmm. about the minus 10. But if they're up 17 and they're just running the shit out of the ball, Panthers aren't going to go down you know, come back from that. So I do like the minus 10 there as well. Um, The 45, it's going to be close. I think Vegas is pretty good at what they do. That's why they got the money and we give it to them. Yeah, they don't fuck around with that. Something to watch too. Amon Ra is questionable. Sounds like he's going to play, but if he doesn't, obviously they're just going to run it even more. And then I would probably take the under on that. Mm Mm-hmm. Next up, the Tennessee Titans coming off that huge win against the Bengals. Go to Indy, divisional matchup. Colts have been looking good. Titans at Colts. Titans are minus two on the road. Over-under is 43 points. This 
this is probably my stay away game of the week on both the spread and the over under. It's so hard to predict either of these teams. I don't feel comfortable with betting it. The Titans seem to perform better when they're the underdog and like Vrabel gets to tell his team that no one believes in them. This line opened up with the Colts as the one point favorite. And now it, it swung three points into the Titans direction where they're the two point favorite. So I, I, this, this shows me that Vegas doesn't even know what to do with it, which tells me that I should have nothing to do with it. Yeah, that's a good point. Some of these games you just want to stay away from for sure. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we're not just gambling podcasts, but talking about the actual game as it is, the way I see these two teams right now, the Colts are a team that that's kind of overachieving. I think they're only two and two, right? But yeah, I don't think anyone really expected a lot with the rookie quarterback. Jonathan Taylor's not showing up. They just don't have a lot of promising aspects for this year. They have a ton going forward, but I don't think anyone expected a lot this year. So to be two and two, play the Rams close like they did last week to lose in overtime. I think they're feeling good about that, but they're overachieving. I think the Titans are underachieving. They had high aspirations. I mean, I think most people were predicting them to win this division or to be right there with, with the Jags. Um, they're kind of underachieving. They're coming off a big win. I think Vrabel has them ready to go. I think maybe we see them come back up to what they were expected to be and the Colts kind of fall back down a little bit. I would take the Titans here. Yeah, I, that makes sense to me too because – both teams are two and two in this matchup, and that's a spot where Vrabel can really dial that in and say, if we win this, you know, we're we're in first place in the division. Mm-hmm. Which, Whole division's two and two right now. Yeah. So, and like you said, the Colts are definitely overachieving. Richardson's looked great. He's he's impressed me a lot. He's he's making some throws that you know I didn't I didn't see him really capable of making his rookie year, especially. And he he's really looked great, and I hope he can build on that. But I I do agree that the Titans are probably in a spot where they're more in tune and ready to, you know, be be more productive this season. Because mm-hmm. realistically, for the Titans, they're not set up well for the future. The Colts are set all. up. Well for the yeah, they're old as shit over there in Tennessee. Yeah. And some of the like highlights from that Bengals game, their defensive line is nasty, bro. They're getting after yeah. the quarterback. I can see Anthony Richardson. He he might have a couple turnovers this week. It, it yeah. might be a tough day for him. The guy's great, no doubt about it. He belongs, but I think they're going to get after it. Next up, we're heading down to the Panhandle in Miami. We got the Giants against the Dolphins. Biggest spread of the day. Dolphins are minus eleven. I don't think there's enough points in the world to to, to give them here. The total is forty eight and a half. I'm gonna go ahead and say I'll take the Dolphins at. Minus whatever the fuck you want to give them. Yeah, I really, really like the Dolphins here because this is a tough spot for the Giants too. I I don't know if this line would be what it was if the Dolphins didn't just get shit pumped by the Bills. Mm-hmm. The Dolphins are going to come out pissed off. The Giants have been playing really, really bad. And I think that defense is going to get after Daniel Jones and probably cause a couple turnovers, give a couple short fields to Tua and the boys. And... I don't think they have anyone that can cover Tyreek or Waddle. This this could get out of hand for sure. They got so much speed on that team. And as we saw on Monday Night Football, right? Was that Monday night against the Seahawks? Yeah. The Giants just can't even tackle anybody. (laughs) So you got Uh, these guys that are just running for their lives out there. Tyreek, Waddle, A-Chan, Moster. I mean, they're legit speedsters out there. I don't know how they're going to keep up with them. And the Dolphins do play good defense normally. They got smoked by the Bills. And I think you're right. If if that game didn't happen just last week, it'd probably be like a 14-point spread. Yeah. You're getting a little uh, gift right there. Yeah, exactly. I think, I think, yeah, I think the Giants are in big trouble. You know, they're in a tough, tough spot because they got the Bills next week too. They're, they're, yeah, things are not looking good over there. I Here's my prediction for this game. Um, Brian Dable graduates from throwing the tablet towards Daniel Jones to just smashing it over his fucking head. <laughs> just snapping it right over his fucking head. <laughs> uh, 
I know how you feel about this, but do you think that Daniel Jones is a good quarterback? <laughs> His name <laughs> Scamuel motherfucking Jones for a reason, dude. Oh, <laughs> uh, yeah, that should be a bloodbath. But, hey, you never know. That's why they play the games any given Sunday. That's why they give us the spreads, too. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Okay, moving on. We got the New Orleans Saints at the New England Patriots. The Battle of the News. Old teams, though. The Patriots are minus one at home. The total is 40 points, which means you don't want to watch this game. Yeah, I am. I'm planning not to watch much of this one for sure. Um, I I don't know how good either of these teams are. I think I'm leaning Patriots, though, if we're being honest, just because of how bad Derek Carr looked last week with his arm. It's, you know, no no disrespect to the man, but he couldn't throw the ball downfield last week. And I think it's going to be similar to that. And Bill Belichick's going to eat that alive. He's going to just scheme that up, and it's going to be trouble. But the Patriots did lose Matthew Judon, who's probably their best mm-hmm. defender. Uh, he tore his bicep, and he that's a big loss for them. So, you know. Can we talk about that for a second? Tearing your bicep? How shitty would that be? It's probably that one's number two for me. Number one is like the dislocation of the kneecap. That shit just grosses me out. Yeah. Larry Herbert almost had some shit like that tonight, but I think he's going to be all right. Yeah, fuck. He seems fine. They ended up just taping his ankle, but he went in that one run, fell down. He was like, nah. (laughs) (laughs) But yeah, back to this game. Uh, I also think the Patriots win it. it it's going to be a close game. I mean, it really does depend on what kind of Derek Carr you're going to get or if he's even going to play. Maybe they wise up and say, let's get Jameis out there. I don't I don't I don't even think that would matter. Um, it's just going to be two good defenses. Just fucking going after two bad quarterbacks, really. Exactly. I'm a, I've been a Derek Carr defender for too long. What I saw last week was just downright disgusting that was like 1930s football right there that shit was ridiculous it was it was awful i think maybe maybe the saints play here is them high like car played last week you hype it up he's playing again you shut him down and then you bring in winston and the patriots belichick schemed up everything for the short passing game what's james gonna do fucking go routes all day he's gonna let that shit fly (laughs) just go deep baby I am going to call it, though. I don't even care who's on him. Alave is going to have a bounce-back game. That guy's too good to have one catch or whatever it was last week. Yeah, he's got he's it. Not too, and Christian Gonzalez got hurt. For That's the right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, we got a great one up next. It's the Baltimore Ravens at the Pittsburgh Steelers. It's divisional game. What did you tell me earlier when these two made up? Throw out the record book. Record book forget speed. about it, baby. The total is 38, which is low. That's extremely low. But the Baltimore Ravens are minus four here. Um, coming off a big win against the Deshaun-less Cleveland Browns team. Steelers coming off of just getting absolutely smoked by the Texans. I have no idea what to do here. I mean, I would definitely pick the Ravens to win. But this is a weird game. Yeah, I, I for sure lean Ravens here too, like on the money line. But... In regards to the spread, the the four points is a little little iffy. Still like the Ravens, I think. Um, this is a game, you know, this is bad podcasting here, but we should probably check the weather. Like, why the hell is it 38 points? That's so low. The Ravens' defense is really good. but the And the Steelers' defense is good too, but, I mean, the Ravens' offense is pretty good. Is it, though? I it don't know. It should be. I think it is. The Steelers just gave out – the, St- the Steelers gave out up 30-something to the Texans in the, in the Stroud boys, dude. I know. I mean, that's just fucking shocking. But they have a great defense. Like you said, that's that's kind of on on the offense. 38's very, very low. Yeah, that's crazy. That's the lowest one of the day, I think. I mean, when the Patriots and Saints are higher, you know that something fucking weird is going on. <laughs> that's true. But this offense, I just don't know, man. It's just you expect so much more out of it, and it's just it's, it's frustrating. I'm looking at the weather right now. It's supposed to be just a whatever day, mid fifties. So I don't know. I think I think Vegas is just looking at this as two underwhelming offenses, two very good defenses. 
I wouldn't be surprised if the Steelers pulled out a win here somehow. If they do, it'll be off of, you know, like three turnovers by the Ravens on the goal yeah. line, you know, like some weird shit. And I also wouldn't be surprised if the Ravens won by 21. Yeah. And that's really helpful to our listeners on on what to do. But <laughs> Well, just trust your nuts. All right. Yeah, this is a trust your nuts game. This is the trust your nuts game of the week. <laughs> patent pending. Well, that's not really a patent, <laughs> a trademark pending. But no, I agree with you. It it does feel like if the Steelers win this game, it's like a twenty to seventeen, which ironically is one point below the total, which is probably <laughs> exactly what Vegas has in the books for it. So you know it makes sense. But I do, I could see you know Kenny Pickett throwing a couple pickets and then you know, the Ravens putting up some points and all of a sudden, you know, it's a 27, 13 game and that, you know, Ravens win by 14 and you get the 40 points. So I I could see it going a couple ways, like you're saying, but I would definitely lean Ravens here. Yeah. Me too. Me too. Next up, we got the birds, the Philadelphia Eagles at four and oh, first place in the NFC East and to LA against the Rams. They're four and a half point favorites here with an over under of 50 and a half. I was telling you earlier, this one's pretty interesting because the over under actually opened at 46 and a half. So for whatever reason, either a lot of people have been betting the over, pushing it up, or Vegas saw something, you know, maybe change wherever. Uh, and they said, back. what's that? Cooper Cup coming back. Cooper Cup coming back. Maybe that did push it up. I think Cooper Cup is worth four points probably. So that's very yeah. interesting. It kind of makes me want to bet the under on that to say, hey, I if it was 46 and a half, maybe the over makes sense. I mean, it's going to be like a 48-point game. That's what I'm feeling. Yeah. I I, I think it I think it falls somewhere in there as well. This is – the Eagles defense been struggling a little bit. They just signed a slot corner this week, Bradley Roby, who was decent for a couple teams, Broncos and Saints. Um, so hopefully that helps. But, yeah, I could definitely see points uh, coming in bunches in this game. It, it feels like a spot – the Eagles, it's going to feel like a home game. This is going to be one of those games where you, you're going to get the the – videos on twitter and instagram whatever of um you know the ram stadium just being filled with with green and black because it's going to be an eagles home game um the minus four and a half is tough though i i do feel like the eagles probably win this by field goal it it feels like a closer game than than a touchdown to be honest especially with cup coming back and the way the eagles secondary has been playing Stafford gets rid of the ball quick. McVay will dial things up for that and not really let the defensive line do what they do. Um, but with Jalen Carter and Fletcher Cox causing problems in the middle, Jordan Davis, it could get, it could become a thing where, you know, Stafford's getting pressure all day and and they don't they don't get much going. Um, but the Eagles' strength is the run defense. They've gotten Kyron Williams going a, a bit, but. I think with Cup coming back, they're really going to be trying to go through the air, and and that could be more of a problem for the Eagles. Well, you're talking about the Eagles. I mean, if they're just signing slot corners right now against a team that is going to abuse you from the slot position, that is a tough look. I, I kind of go the other way. I think the Eagles should win this game by a touchdown at least. They're definitely a better team. The Rams are overachieving a little bit. I mean, they've got guys out there, and Cooper Cup is coming back, but it's his first game of the year. You know, I, I get it. Sean McVay is great and all that, but the Eagles are the defending NFC champions for a reason. And I think that after last week, they've got a little bit to prove. You kind of touched on this early on in the year that they didn't really have a preseason. They don't play their guys in the preseason. I kind of expect them if if they're really going to be like a, a contender, they're going to hit their stride and they're going to come out this week after almost losing to the Commanders, and they might put a little beat down on the Rams. Yeah. I, I could I could definitely see that as well. And part of it with the Eagles too, they have a tough schedule coming up. So oh, they got the Rams and then the Jets next week. And it's like a thing where, okay, hopefully we're 6-0. and Then they're playing the Dolphins and they go on a little run. They play the Bills, the Niners, um, 
you know, they have a tough stretch coming up. So I think they'll really have the guys dialed in to, you know, really lock in and say, we need to win these games. So it's not too much of a issue in the coming weeks. Yeah. I think this is a game where you see champions be champions. And I know they didn't win the Super Bowl, but they were the NFC champions. Chill, uh, so. The Rams are not on that caliber for how great they've played for what the expectations were. Um, they're, they're not an NFC championship contender in my eyes. I don't think that they can hang with the Eagles, but we'll see. I've been wrong so many fucking times this year, so why not one more? All right, moving on. Talk about the Eagles way too fucking much on this podcast. <laughs> we got the Bengals going to Arizona against the Cardinals. The Bengals are minus three. The total is 44 and a half. And I love the Cardinals here. Give me the Cardinals no. plus three. Give me the Cardinals money line. I don't give a shit. They're going to win this game. Okay, I we're going head to head on this again. I, I this is you know similar to the Texans burning me and me keeping keeping on fading them. The Bengals have been burning burning me, but I have to keep on writing them. I trust Joe Burr with my life. Um, Ow! And if he says he can't even stand up, he says he feels healthier than he felt all year. I trust him. <laughs> I trust him. He said that. He did. <laughs> I don't know what that means because he looks like shit. But, hey, <laughs> I am fading the Cardinals. They got their win against the Cowboys. Much love, much respect to them. Fuck Jonathan Gannon still. Go Bengals. Jonathan Gannon's a fucking weirdo, but I'm starting to think that maybe he actually is pretty fucking smart. No? <laughs> You're shaking your head no. Okay. I don't know, man. I just – the Bengals – we keep saying this. Oh, yeah. I mean, they're going to win this week. They're going to beat the shit out of the Titans. They're going to do this and this and this. The offense looks fucking terrible, bro. T. Higgins is probably not going to play. I mean, they still got Tyler Boyd and Jamar Chase, but I, there's just no fucking energy there. It's depressing. They're playing a very depressing football. Meanwhile, the Cardinals, who everyone thought was going to be in the Caleb, Caleb Williams sweepstakes, they're playing their asses off. And Josh Dobbs is a fucking legend already in my eyes. Love I do time. I do love Josh Jobs. Major respect to him. Um, this is a Joe Mixon week. Hammer every every Joe Mixon prop you can. He's scoring. H- hit him for two plus touchdowns. Hit him for over on yards. It's happening. Not financial advice. We're fucking stupid people. Yeah. Anything else on that one? Are we ready? No. Go Bengals. Is that another head to head? Nah, one a week, dude. Come on, don't be crazy. One a week? Okay, because you already owe me one, so. I know, I know. I'm trying to get to six. I can just buy you a six-pack. <laughs> All right, I think we got the game of the week up next, man. We got the New York football Jets going to Denver, Mile High Stadium against the Denver Broncos. Shit meets shit. What do you get? The Broncos are minus one and a half here. The total's 43 and a half. I told you this earlier. I'm putting my life on the Jets to win this game. Love the Jets in this spot. Love them. Love them. I think, you know, they're just, they're a very good team. That was a quarterback away. That's why they brought in Aaron Rodgers. He got hurt. Zach Wilson looked like shit. Zach Wilson looked really good last week. And the Chiefs defense had been really good up to that point. They had, they they could have easy won that game. Probably should have won that game. Um, Weren't able to pull it out. But man, the Broncos... Defense is not any good. They got their first win. Nice comeback win against the Bears, which all of a sudden after tonight looks a little better than it did leading up to it. But still, I just think this is a spot where the Jets offense does their thing and is able to, you know, put up 24 to 30 points somewhere in there. And the Jets defense is not going to let Russell Wilson do much of anything. Yeah, I think that people forget how good that Jets defense is. They're so good. They got ball players all over the field. Even on offense, they got guys, like you said, they were a quarterback away. Zach Wilson looked pretty good against the Chiefs. And I think if they can get him in the right headspace and just ask him to do the minimum, throw some short slants outs to Garrett Wilson, hyper-target Garrett Wilson, Get Brees Hall involved. Get the ground game going. Play great defense. 
you'll have a couple chances to take shots. You can win that way, especially against what's looking like one of the worst defenses in the league, surprisingly. I mean, they had some ball players going in too. But the Broncos have given up so many damn points. And it seems like every team they play, guys are having career days. So I fully expect Zach Wilson to have a great day. My friend Kyle V, who's on the podcast with me, is starting him in fucking fantasy football. That's how high we are on these guys. That's unheard of. Trust trust the MILF hunter. He's going to get shit done. Speaking of which, you know out in Denver, they got some some MILFies out there. Oh, guaranteed. Let's take a little trip one day. Love to. Mile high city. <laughs> Next up, we got the Chiefs at the Minnesota Vikings in a dome. Chiefs are minus four with an over-under of 52 and a half. Just fucking points on points on points. Two teams that, you know, just love to light it up through the air. This is going to be a fun one. This is my hammer home. Chiefs Chiefs minus four, easy money. Lock at home, put your mortgage on it, put your kid's college fund on it. Uh, Mahomes, Mahomes will throw for 400 yards on Sunday. Just, just be aware. There's going to be points galore. Um, that Vikings pass defense is no good. It, it's going to be a lovely day to be a Chiefs fan over there. Yeah, I'm honestly surprised it's minus four. I know they're on the road, and they've had some games actually where they don't look great. I think they're still kind of trying to hit their stride too and figure out what their team looks like. Uh, but the Vikings have been just pretty terrible. Is their only win against the Panthers? Yep, last week. First and they, they had to struggle to pull that out. So I think that Justin Jefferson's going to get his. I think Kirk Cousins is going to throw the ball 50 times, but I don't think Kirk Cousins matches up with Patrick Mahomes in any way, shape, or form. I think that whole offense is, is going to have their way with the Vikings defense, and the Vikings are going to do what they can to hang within 10 maybe, but that's about it. Yeah. I You know, there's a lot of tweets and, and little stories about how Last week was the first time any quarterback had outplayed Mahomes in regards to yards and touchdowns, less interceptions. Zach Wilson did that shit last week. You know that pissed him off. You know that shit pisses him off, and he'll be damned if Kirk Cousins does that this week. Mahomes is going to go just on a fuck you tour this week, and, you know, good luck. Kelsey's due for a fucking monster game, too. He's slowly getting back into it. He's due for an absolutely monster game. 100%. I love all these props you're throwing out, too. You're guaranteeing plus 400 yards. You're guaranteeing touchdowns out here. I love it. Take it to the bank, dude. But, again, not a financial advisor. Next up, we got the actual game of the week. This is a good one. I think a lot of people are looking forward to this because we got two teams who are 100% contenders for the NFC Championship. Could be in the Super Bowl. Uh, what better way to fucking figure it out than Sunday night football? We got the Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. The Niners are minus four at home with a total of 45 points. I'm very, very excited for this game. Love the Cowboys with the points there because it's that magic number again. Four points, you know, a little over three. I see this being a field goal game either way. Could see the Cowboys winning, could see the Niners winning, but it feels like a field goal type game. Um, Really excited to see Brock Purdy in his first real challenge, if we're being honest. It's something where, you know, he they've had a pretty easy schedule up to this point. Um, this Cowboys defense, they fuck. for lack of better, they fuck. <laughs> That's what I was getting at too. I know. I can tell. Lack of a better term, they fuck. They're good. They got dudes all over the place. Like kind of like we what we said, you know, off of their they lost Trayvon Diggs, great player. They looked like shit that first week with the Cardinals. And we we said, you know, maybe they bounced back and they did in a big way. They looked really good against the Patriots last week. Shitty offense. But the Niners, Niners got a good offense, of course, but I think the Cowboys got the dudes that can kind of cause some problems for them and make this make this thing interesting. Then on the flip side, Dak Prescott in games he's had to do shit has not looked great either. And so 
honestly, I, I really like the under in this too, because, you know, maybe it's the hater in me of these two teams, but I don't think either quarterback's that good. So I could see this being a lower scoring game, being competitive because of all the studs on defense for both sides being real close game. Um, and then the studs on offense making plays to make it interesting, but the quarterback's kind of being the part that keeps this from really being a shootout. Yeah, I, I agree a hundred percent. I think it could be like 23, 20, which would be the under and would be the Cowboys covering that plus four. Part of me is wondering if I just really want that for Sunday night football. If I want to watch that game and I'm being too optimistic, the other half of me is wondering if the Cowboys can, can hang with the 49ers. There is a part of me that thinks that they're kind of fraudulent. They lost Trevon Diggs. Like you mentioned, Dak. I mean, the jury is still out. Like, is he that guy? Can Dak win a Super Bowl with the Dallas Cowboys? I don't know. Can you picture that? I mean, can you picture that? No. I don't know if I can. But the same thing could be said about Brock Purdy. The thing is, at least to me, the Niners do have more talent surrounding him on offense. Yeah, I mean, their defense is fucking solid, too. So he really just doesn't have to do as much. I mean, I know that the Cowboys have CeeDee Lamb. Tony Pollard's been absolutely fantastic since he took over the role. But that doesn't even – I mean, Tony Pollard, you can have as many great games as you could count. You're not Christian McCaffrey. Yeah. CeeDee Lamb's a great receiver, but if Dak can't get the ball down the field to him, Debo and Ayuk and Kittle – these are guys that can get the ball on short outs, short slants, and then they can take off. And I think that's why Brock Purdy's been so successful. Kyle Shanahan's a great coach, obviously. He knows how to use those guys, get them the ball in space, and let them do what they do. He doesn't have to ask Brock Purdy to do too much. What I'm worried about is if this gets into a situation where the Cowboys have to move the ball and Dak has to throw it down the field, I don't think he can do it. Yeah, I, I think if it gets to that point, they're in trouble too. Tyron Smith might be out for the Cowboys too, their best, their left tackle. If that's the case, that's going to be a problem because that defensive line is elite for the Niners. And that's just a thing too where like if you just have a full-on, you know, to steal from pardon my take, but if you just did a full-on guy off and just listed guys from each team, both teams have some fucking guys, but the Niners list is a lot longer. Like it's by just, the time you run out on the Cowboys guys, you got like three more all pros on the Niners. Yeah. You know what I mean? And in and, and the relation, like you said, with Pollard versus CMC, both, you know, Pollard's a very good running back. CMC's an all world running back, like damn near MVP at this point of the season. I told you, I, he would be my pick. I'm seeing so much talk about all these quarterbacks. I saw a list the other day that had Brock Purdy as like the sixth favorite to win the MVP. I saw that too. No Just fucking reasons. way. Yeah. He's he's How, maybe the he's maybe the sixth, seventh most valuable guy on that team. He's behind Trent Williams. Yeah, oh 100 percent Trent Williams is an animal. Exactly. Whoever made that list though is just like, oh, let me look at the standings and who's the quarterbacks for those teams. <laughs> this is fucking ignorant. Christian McCaffrey's been incredible. Yeah. Yeah, this should be a good game. Like you said, game of the week. Very excited for it. Game of the week only because a new week starts on Monday. And what do we have on Monday night football? We have the sorry-ass Green Bay Packers heading to the West. Gold country, baby. Going to the Las Vegas Raiders. Sure, the Packers are minus one with an over-under of 44.5. But I put my fucking nuts on it. The Raiders are going to win this game. I've already exactly. had a vasectomy, so it's like kind of doesn't really matter for me. You don't really need them anymore, huh? Yeah, Shout I don't really use them much. Shout out Game of Thrones. You could go join that crew. Um, I think, yeah, this is a Packers hammer spot. Minus one is disrespectful to them. Why? What have they done to to earn anything more than that? What have the Raiders done to be only minus one? They beat the Broncos week <laughs> yeah thank you do you That's remember when they were in first place in the afc west 
Yeah, I do. You you made sure to mention that. Wasn't that long I, ago? I don't yeah, I don't I don't trust anything that Josh McDaniels has to say or has to do anything that has his fingerprints on something I'm, I'm not going to trust. The Packers are winning this game. Matt LaFleur Matt is a better coach. Uh, Aiden McConnell looked decent last week. O'Connell. O'Connell, whatever. Put some respect on his name. Well, I would, but his coach threw him under the bus, so I can't really help him, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Don't be so sad. I'm sorry. No, I mean, here's the thing. The Packers are a better team. They do have a better coach, 100%. There's just something that happens, you know, in October. The weirdos come out. It gets a little spooky. It gets a little creepy. Can I burst the bubble? Who's got the weirdos better than the Raiders? Don't talk about some fucking bullshit home field advantage that doesn't exist. Fuck off. No, I'm just saying that was a thing in Oakland for sure. I understand that they're still the fucking Raiders and they're going to win this game. Okay. We're head to head on a few games. Which one's the final beer bet? Well, I know you want this one. <laughs> Whatever the one that we said was the beer bet is the one. Why you got to try? Oh, that, was, that was Falcon. It was Falcons. Uh, right. Yeah. Falcons, Texans. I got the Falcons. You got the Texans deal. Okay. Give me yeah. the Texans on that. Yeah, I don't know if Jimmy G is playing or not. I don't know if it's Aiden O'Connell. I hope it's Aiden O'Connell. So he had a tough first game. You learn from that. I think he's got the talent to move on, move the ball down the field against this defense. I think the Raiders are going to be just fine. I think you're going to be shocked. Shock the world, baby. Uh, (laughs) All right. Well, that wraps up week five in the NFL. Can we talk about a little parlay before we go? Our sleigh, dude. Let me tell you what I like here. Let me tell you what I love, actually. Let me talk love to you. The Bills in London against the Jags, minus five and a half. I know we talked about it. The Jags could be frisky. It's a one-touchdown game. Even if it goes to overtime and they score first, that covers. Over. The Jets... At Denver Broncos, Jets money line. Last, Chiefs minus four. I don't give a fuck who they're playing. I almost take the Chiefs minus four against anybody. They just happen to be playing the Vikings this week. It's a lock. All three of those together, it's plus 686. So I think we talk, what are we putting, 20 each on there? Yeah. That's going to pay us each about... 160. That's not bad. No, love that. And that's, you know, hey, that's going to cap off a fucking wonderful week five because it's the NFL. It's football season. How could you not have a good time? Just love it. We're we're in the mist, ladies and gentlemen. Today was actually, or yesterday was the start of it. 50 straight days with either a college mm. football or NFL game on. 50 straight days. Just beautiful time to be alive. And then what do you put on top of that? The fucking MLB playoffs. MLB playoffs. Just I actually beautiful. heard this earlier. I don't want to steal a, a bit from anyone, so I'll give them some credit on an ESPN fantasy football podcast. Talk about what is the best month of the year for sports. Obviously, March, April, big ones. Does it get any better than this, though? October is pretty incredible because at the end of October too, you get those sport equinox days. The four sports all playing at once. You have, you know, playoff baseball, you have NBA regular season, NHL regular season, NFL regular season, and a, you mix in a college football game in there somewhere too. And you fucking get, Halloween. Yeah. Oh, love it. Love it. This is elite. I, I probably pers- – this is probably an off-season conversation, but I probably would lead March. I love March so much. Um, but this is – just the the quantity here is mm-hmm. incredible. March, because of um, the sun kind of comes back out, mm-hmm. you get some you it, know, nice think, young ladies yeah. wearing sundresses. I think that maybe just tips it over the top. Yeah. And, and 
hope hope is hope is a new hope is in the air you know you feel good That's about things yeah. nfl draft is right around the corner You're like this is yeah. the fucking year exactly yeah. spring training for baseball this is the fucking this year. is the fucking year <laughs> <laughs> 100%. Well, spring training eventually turns into the fucking MLB playoffs. It does. And we had four series that all came to an end, and they were all three-game series that ended in two games. Yeah, just really didn't see it playing out that way. You know, we we on our preview, we ended up going two and two. Not terrible compared to, you know, some of the other outlets that I heard predicting things. But, you know, the Rangers handled business against the Rays. Rays' offense just really shit the bed. One run in the two games, terrible showing. They'd been, they won 99 games this season. Get a wild card yeah. spot. But you know and what? To, to touch on that series, I, and I picked the Rays. I thought the Rays would win. You picked the Rays. Looking back on it, and obviously that's easy to do. The Rays did kind of, I mean, remember they had that ridiculous start? They were like fucking 35 and 10 or something. Even better than that, maybe. And then they had the whole shit with, with Wander Franco. Yeah. Pedophile. Out of the league forever, probably. Yeah. And I after that, they kind of, you know, hit a little lull, which is to be expected. You lose a, a talent like that. The Rangers had a weird year, man. They were up and down. They had some weird injuries. But the talent in that lineup, one through nine, is pretty fucking stacked. Yeah. So... Two games, anything can happen. It's ultimately not that surprising that they just hit the shit out of the ball and they won two games. Yeah, you're right. You're right. The Next the season. other AL one was pretty surprising too. Um, but also, you know, like you're saying, two games. Who knows? the The Twins snapped an 18 game playoff losing streak, Seems which spanned. It's not series losses. It's 18 games. They had they had lost. They would make the playoffs and just get swept out every every year. Crazy, but they they snapped it. They got the win three one on Tuesday and then two zero yesterday on Wednesday. Just you know, same thing. The Blue Jays roster is stacked. That lineup's elite. And they only put up one run between the two games. It's just a tough spot. And they're kind of, you know, they're in a weird spot where they were this young, lovable team. And they still are. They still got, you know, a lot of names all over the place. But they're just not getting it done in the, in the playoffs. Yeah, that was way more surprising to me. And maybe it's just because the Twins are in Minnesota. Uh, you know, that division, like, it's almost like who fucking cares every year. Yeah. But the Blue Jays have put up one run in two games in fucking 18 innings. That seems impossible. It seems impossible that Vladdy wouldn't drive in more than one run in, in all those at-bats. So that was a bummer. Like you said, they're a fun team. I think a lot of people love watching them. They got to they gotta figure something out because whatever they're doing is not working. Yeah, I but agree. Good for the Twins. Shout out fucking Joe Maurer, Justin Morneau. You remember those two? Oh, the yeah. Mash for the Twins. Yeah. Does. That's when all this shit started. All right. Next up, we're moving to the NL. We called this one. We did. The Diamondbacks beat the Brewers as the underdog in two games, 6-3-5-2. Yeah, we, you know, the one thing we slipped up on potentially, if you really were following our word, we told you not to bet them until after they lost game one because we kind of tallied that up as a fat L because of the, <laughs> the pitcher. Hey. And he, he he did not play well. He did not pitch well. But that, yeah, offense, burns. that offense just came in and mashed some fucking baseballs. They're a young, fun group. They go to L.A. next, which, I mean, we'll talk about, but they're, you know, they're, they're a fun team. And it's it's a team where if they were in the A.L., and not in the Dodgers division. It's something where I'd be like, damn, I would probably be pulling for this team, but they're coming to LA. And so, you know, fuck these guys. A hundred percent. Yeah. Fuck them. Dodgers and fucking two, even though it's a five game series. Yeah. Imagine they just went two games, like 25 to zero each. And then <laughs> Diamondbacks, nah, we're good. We're good. Has, has, 
Has a team sport ever tapped out? <laughs> I don't know. I would love to see that, though. All right, another one that we did call. I guess we're just NL guys. You know, Dodger fans yeah. just know what's going yeah. on. You know? we're, we're National League fans, naturally. The Phillies handled the Marlins uh, with ease. Both games in Philly. It was fucking electric out there. And thank God for the way that MLB does their playoffs. I don't want the Dodgers to have to face the Phillies right now. No, I'm so glad that the Phillies and Braves like have to battle that shit out and just, you know, we'll 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 take on the winner. It's still gonna that's gonna be a challenge for sure. But man, I'm glad we're not seeing one of those two teams early. You know it makes it tough like, from a Dodgers point of view, and they still have to beat the Diamondbacks, which isn't a sure thing, but they should. They're a better team, and they've proven that over the 162. That's why they had the bye, and now they should handle business. We'll see. If they make it to the NLCS, you're either getting a Braves team that was the number one seed, was great all year, and then proved it by beating a division rival that was hot, or you're playing a Phillies team that is so fucking hot. They just beat the Braves, the number one seed, and they've been rolling. And then you've got this team that's coming in just feeling completely fucking invincible. Yeah. That's scary. I tell you what, and Braves fans, Shane, Yvonne, if you guys listen to this, you can clip this. I would rather see the Braves. Uh, I don't want any part of the Dodgers rookie pitchers in in Philadelphia. I, oh, it's I, a nightmare, dude. Oh man. They so I I saw I kind of have a soft spot for the Phillies a little bit as an Eagles fan. I naturally on Twitter I see a, there's a lot of overlap. And I saw something through Phillies like Phillies Twitter where it's cheaper to buy a round trip ticket from Philadelphia to Atlanta, buy a ticket for the game in Atlanta. And then you fly back, obviously, round-trip ticket. It's cheaper to do that than to just straight-up buy your ticket for Game 3 in Philadelphia. That's, That's crazy. crazy. That is crazy. But since we're talking about it, let's skip the um, ALDS for now. Let's let's start with that Braves-Phillies series. Yeah. Since we're already on it, it's a five-game series. All these ones are. It starts in Atlanta. Obviously, they're the one seed. They had the bye. They were the best team in baseball, in my opinion, without a doubt, um, for the whole year. Who you got in this one? I do think, I do think the Braves pull it out, but I think this is going seven. I five. Oh yeah, it's five. That's my bad. That's my bad. Well, rookie move, but yeah, it's going five. It's going five. This is a back and forth type series. I don't. I I feel like it gets split, like both times. You know, like. Phillies might win game one. It's it's something where it's like Phillies win game one, put the pressure on, but Braves respond. You know, I think the Phillies might have a lead in the series uh, like once, maybe twice even, but the Braves ultimately battle back. Um, that offense is just so good. Like, it's ridiculous, one to nine, how good they are. And they they just smash the ball. They Both sides, though. I, I, you know, I don't know. I I do think the Braves pull it out, but man, that Phillies lineup is crushing the ball too. You got Kyle Schwarber just mashing balls, and I don't know. Yeah, both teams absolutely absolutely smash the ball. I think the Braves' pitching is better. I, I want to say you know the Braves have been here before, but the Phillies were in the fucking World Series last year, right? So yeah. they've been there before too. I mean, it's going to be an absolute slugfest. That's going to be so fun to watch. Because not only are they two great teams, they're two amazing fan bases. Like yeah. those home games are going to be nuts. Yeah, you you talk about cool. you talk about a Phillies fan. It's too expensive to buy a ticket at home. Do you really want to fly to Atlanta and sit over there while they're doing the chop for your yeah. Phillies? That's yeah. not going to be a good time either. That full on rivalry like that that shit's going to be really fun. Yeah, that should be awesome. I uh, I would also take the Braves there, and. This is not good podcasting or analysis at all. Wouldn't surprise me if this goes either way. Like, I wouldn't be surprised if the Braves went three straight. Like, they yeah. are that fucking good. And maybe the Phillies were just, I mean, they played the Marlins, which, great story, like we said. They're on different levels right now. The Marlins yeah. will get there. The Phillies are there now. Yeah. 
But I could see the Braves just coming in and saying, hey, we're still big brother. This yeah. is what we do. Like, we're built for this. And sweeping them. I honestly wouldn't be that surprised. Or maybe a little gentleman's 3-1 sleep. Sweet. Yeah, I could see that too. And something to keep an eye on too over there is the weather. East Coast gets real chilly and real quick. And both these teams crush the baseball. But when that when that 40-degree temp starts rolling in, the ball don't fly the same. So that's yeah. something to kind of monitor too through the playoffs. That's going to be a fucking fun one. That's probably the best series that's coming up in the in the division series. So we'll stick with the NL. Let's stick with the NL, finish it up. We got the Diamondbacks and the Dodgers. I'm going to go ahead and say it. The Dodgers are winning. They're going to the NLCS. There's not anything else that needs to be said. Yeah, I I agree wholeheartedly. I think the Dodgers handle this relatively uh, quickly, whether it's a sweep or gentleman sweep. It's um, 3-0 or 3-1. It's done. Either way, bring your brooms. Yeah. Now, where the Dodgers did get kind of fucked, and not fucked like they didn't get cheated or screwed out of anything, which they have before. We won't get into that. But the Diamondbacks winning in two and game one of this series not being till Saturday, they have plenty of time to line up their pitching staff however they want it. So you don't really get that advantage of having a bye where the other team has to burn some pitchers and you don't. You're both kind of coming in full strength. So that is, you know, that is what it is. They're the yeah. better team. They should do it, but their pitching's kind of sketchy. We we all know that. If you've been following them all year, you know that. But when you got Mookie Betts and Freddie Freeman in the middle of the lineup, yeah, it speaks for itself. I expect a I expect a good Kershaw performance Saturday. Bet him to bet him to get a win. It'll be plus money. It'll probably be like plus one twenty five or something. Bet that. Yeah, I love that. I fucking love that. And don't fucking come at us with that shit that you're yeah, already shit. thinking. Curse the playoffs. Up. Don't even fucking think about it. Shut up, dude. Fuck you guys. <laughs> Let's jump over to the ALDS. We got the Rangers and the Orioles. You picked the Orioles to go all the way. Love it. They got some fucking boppers. But so do the Rangers, as they just proved in that first series. And personally, I'm going to go ahead and say I'm going against you. I don't think the birds can do it. I think you got a soft spot for birds in your heart, but I think the Rangers lineup is too good. I think they're moving on. I do have a soft spot for birds, and their their logo is cute as fuck. That little oh, little so with the hat on, dude. Yeah, horrible. I think they do handle business. They their team. So them and the Diamondbacks were somewhat comparable. Watching the Dodgers and like the National League all year. I when the Diamondbacks got out to a super hot start, I was like, they're gonna kind of fall off, blah blah blah. You kind of think that with the Orioles too, and they never did. And that's the difference in what makes me think that they're gonna handle business in the playoffs too. Yeah, I still think that they're one year early. And I think that when they lose this series, it won't be that sad. It won't be, you know, a huge heartbreak because they know that they have the talent to compete for like the next 10 years. I mean, they're absolutely stacked with young talent. Yeah. So I, I, you know, I don't think it'll be that big of a loss for them. I think the Rangers got the guys that have been there before Corey Seager world series MVP. Super uh, handsome. Very handsome. So I, I think the Rangers come out and take care of business. I think they're going to match the ball and I think it'll probably be, it'll probably be a close series, four or five games. Uh, but ultimately, the Rangers hitting is going to be what what propels them. It's going to be too much. Okay, so we got we got our football beer bet, but this is our baseball one. This is the one. Deal, deal. Next up, we got the Twins and Astros. This is the last one, and I fucking hate it because the Astros are going to win this in three. They're for sure winning this in three and going to have everything set up for whoever manages out of the other series, Orioles and Rangers. They're going to go to five games and the Astros will have everything set up for it. And they'll probably win that series in five because for whatever reason, that's how it always works with them. They were, they were a game away from being a wild card, having to work their way through being on the road. No, they win the division they get an easy series in the wild card. They handle business, you know. 
they get through. I mean, not in the wild card, but they get the they end up getting the bye, and the wild card plays out with the they get the winner of the Blue Jays and the Twins rather than Rangers and Rays, who are much more talented, and it just falls to them again. Yeah. So the thing about the MLB playoffs, we kind of alluded to it earlier. The seating doesn't like reset. Once the bracket's set, that's the bracket. So it's not the top seed playing the lowest seed in the next round. So the Astros get the twins. And yeah. that's just what it is. Yeah. Um, unfortunately for twins, they're gonna they're about to start another losing streak here. They'll they ended their 18 game one, but they're gonna go into the offseason with another three game losing streak. Yeah. I'm gonna pray tonight to the to the ghost of Joe Maurer, who's probably not dead. I can't imagine he is, but come on, twins. Come on. Maurer and, and Justin uh, Morneau. Let's go. That wraps up this episode of the podcast. We're five weeks into the NFL. We got the MLB playoffs heating up. Don't take it for granted. It's one of the best times of the year. Enjoy it. Love it, bet it, and I'll see you at the water cooler. Cheers. Place it in your mind, everything could change in just one night.